This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity with Dan Munro. All right. So we are live. So there's a little technical issue there. But we're good and we are ready to go. Welcome. Brojo Online number 23. And we've got a special one for you, a neglected one that is, a beginner's guide to self-development. Something that's come up lately is the understanding a lot of people want to work on themselves and there's no actual guidance as to the foundation of that, what that actually means to do, what are the ups and downs that you have to look out for and what you can expect as you go about this journey of consciously trying to change your life. More importantly, trying to change who you are or try to discover who you are, however you depend to look at it. So, I wanted to put together something because what I see is, I'll talk about this in a minute, I see some people get really disheartened and derailed in their journey to develop themselves because nobody's really prepared them for what's going to happen. There's a lot of bullshit out there in the whole self-help industry about all these easy ways to do things and all these quick fixes and instant magic bullets type approaches and they're all just so devastatingly harmful in their message. There's a lot of other harmful things going on out there, such as gurus telling you to live like they do rather than encouraging you to find your own way. So I wanted to put this this video together, and it's ironic to call it a beginner's guide because really it's, a, it's for the people who have fallen off the trail as well, for the people who are struggling, who have been in the self-development journey for quite some time. This is a revisit of the basics. It's getting back down to what to look out for, what to prepare yourself for, and how to go about making sure that this journey really does develop you, which is the whole point of this thing. So today we're going to have a look at just a quick um, recap over what self-development actually is and what it isn't. We're going to have a look at some of the top problems I've seen, um, and I've been talking to the Brojo people about this in terms of what you can expect, what's going to get in your way, what's going to make it hard for you. We're going to have a look at what change actually is and how to understand what happens in your brain as you change. We're going to have a good look at how to, what are the best and most effective ways to develop yourself and what are the distractions that you should be avoiding or ignoring. Um, we're going to have a look at support, how to choose the right kind of support, what kind of support you're going to need, and what kind of support is right for you as an individual, rather than going with what everybody does. And one of the most neglected things, we're going to look at measurement. We're going to talk about how are you going to track your change, your progress, your wins, your losses, your strengths, your weaknesses, on and on. How are you going to measure these things in a way that will help you? So this is, yeah, this is the beginner's guide. If you've just gotten started, if you read your first self-development type book or watched a video and you're like, yeah, I could change. Or you've been at this for like five or ten years and you're like, damn, I just keep hitting these barriers and plateaus and I'm not enjoying the process. This is really for you. So let's have a look at it and let's start with really defining what is self-development. Now, one of the, the things I want to put out there immediately, like with all of my videos, of course, a lot of this is based on my personal opinion. Now, I want to make that point because I'm really kind of disgusted at a lot of uh, self-help gurus and stuff out there who don't make this point. 
They say my way is the way. It is the only way. There's no point in questioning it. There's no point in looking elsewhere. I am simply a messenger of the voice of all that is good. It's bullshit. All I know is what's worked for me. That's all I'm ever going to really know. And my approach to self-development is always, let's find out what will work for you, which might be different to what works for me. So even this video where I'm giving you a guide on how to figure out what works for you might not be the most effective way on how to figure out what works for you. But a lot of the stuff you'll face out there will say, this is the only way, don't look elsewhere. I remember I used to see this in martial arts all the time. I went to about five or six different types of martial arts in my lifetime. And every time I went there, they said, this one's the best one. It's the most effective one for fighting. They all said that. There's no way they're all right, but they all believe they were. You know, some of those top level sifus and, and so on really just had no open mindedness that maybe there was a better way. They thought they had found that way. And you're going to get that a lot in self-development. Every book you read will be written in, this is the only way you can live. I, I, I hope to differentiate from all those by saying, no, it's not. You are going to pick and choose from a range of different sources to find out what's best for you and then develop your own thing from there. So self-development, it isn't about just following someone blindly. It's about discovering what works best for you. And I want to point out, and this is my opinion here, it's not about being a better person. A lot of them will say it's about finding your best self, the best version of yourself, bringing out the best in you, that kind of thing. And that has a tendency, I think, to be understood as being better. Now, if you're being better, quite often the comparison is to other people. I am better than others. A lot of self-help will kind of blurb out this cliche about just trying to beat your past self. But even that has the connotation that your past self is a worse person than you. And this creates shame, this better, worse, good, bad. So rather than trying to be a better person, what I suggest is that the core of all this is you're seeking a more direct path to satisfaction, quality of life, and self-confidence. Satisfaction, quality of life, self-confidence. Every day is simply an exploration into a more effective way to achieve those things. You'll note I didn't use the word happiness. The reason is I believe the word happiness has become a very toxic one. Happiness implies that you're going to somehow get to a state of being where you only experience pleasurable emotions. I hate to be the one to break this to you. That ain't going to happen. It ain't. You could have a billion dollars, have everyone in the world fucking love you, and you're still going to have bad days. Simple as that. You're still going to get angry. You're still going to get stressed. You're still going to feel guilty and confused and fearful sometimes. That's still going to happen. It might happen a bit less, but it's still going to happen. The idea that you can somehow reach this utopic state where you experience no emotional pain whatsoever is complete fucking bullshit. It's not going to happen. And any system that you're following that has that as the goal is a system that's doomed to fail. So keep in mind the idea that self-development is not about achieving some blissful utopic state. It is not about being better than other people. It is simply understanding you have one life 
and every day you can get a bit closer to loving that life. With all its ups and downs, with all its beauty and ugliness, with its light and its dark, learning to appreciate and have self-worth in those moments. It's about defining what it means for you to have a good life, not what other people think. Right? Not being Ty Lopez with the three quick ways to success and the big crib. It's not about that. Your perfect life might go completely unnoticed by others. Right? Your ideal life might be you just getting your golf swing right on a Sunday. That could be your ideal life. You don't have to go out there and make a big impact and be this amazing prince of all greatness. You don't. You just have to look every day for a little bit more satisfaction, a little bit more quality, a little bit more confidence. You're talking, what we're really talking about here, self-development is evolution. There is no end. There is no final finish line that you cross and you're like, I am now perfect. I am all that is man. I am all that is woman. I am the alpha, the omega. Everything is now complete. That's not going to happen. It can't happen because of the way your brain works. Your brain will constantly be a little bit dissatisfied, at least, with the way things are. Why? Because this is beneficial to evolution. You are constantly seeking a better way because it's programmed into your DNA to do so. So rather than fighting against that, understanding that self-development is simply trying to hone that ability, using your dissatisfaction to overcome barriers to create a higher quality of life for you and your loved ones, which will ultimately affect the world probably in a positive way, but it might not. Your ultimate life might be living in a cave tucked away in the mountains and nobody knows you exist. That's okay too. Nobody else can define what your life is supposed to be. Only you can. Self-development is the path of wisdom. It is trying to understand what that life is for you and get closer and closer to it every day. All of that is my opinion. Yeah, but it goes counter to a lot of the stuff that you're going to see. A lot of stuff is, this is the 10 ways you need to live by, and then once you got that sorted, you're done. You've got a perfect life. It's bullshit. There are people who are going to say, you need to manifest the blah, 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 all this external shit you got to get in your life to be happy. It's also bullshit. Hey, if it worked, everyone would be doing it. Well, put it this way, they are all doing it, but it ain't working for them. If it worked, they wouldn't have to keep going to seminars all the time, right? So... Keep in mind, self-development is ultimately, even after everything I've just said, it's still going to be something you define. It's going to be your version of evolution in your lifetime, where as you go from a tadpole through to an advanced ape, you know, that, that process, where you go from a child who fucking struggles to tie their shoes through to somebody who creates a family, somebody who builds a business, somebody who just hides away in the woods. Whatever it is that you end up being, the path going down that, that constant evolution. So you can kind of let yourself off the pressure of trying to get to some final finish line because there isn't one. There's just the next step. That's all there ever was. And you can either plateau and try and stay on the step you're at now, or you can keep looking for that next one. When the, each time you take another step, there's a little bit more satisfaction, a little bit more quality, a little bit more confidence, but still problems that never goes away. So that's my definition of self-development. And now I want to have a look at 
what gets in the way of effective self-development. I've been in this industry for quite some time now, and I've seen five things in particular come up where people lose their way. They go off track. They don't get to enjoy self-development. You know, a lot of people get really serious about it, and they're just investigating themselves all the time, and they're not not enjoying it. There's going to be a range of things that come up to get in your way, and I want to I want to go through the top five that I see. The first and foremost is, and I believe this is attached to this belief in happiness, is the ups and downs and being unable, unable to cope with them, the peaks and the valleys. You know, later on when we talk about measurement, this will go a long way to helping you through those peaks and valleys. But one of the biggest problems is people get into some form of self-development, whether it's going to the gym to work on their body or getting into some sort of social dating type instruction or just working on their psychology or whatever, building a business, some form of self-development, and nobody told them, hey, sometimes you're just going to hit the rocks. Sometimes you're going to be up and sometimes you're going to be down. Sometimes things are just going to be cranking. You're going to be thinking, fuck, I am the shit right now. Look how much progress I'm making. And it could be even on that same day, that afternoon, you could be at the bottom going, fuck, I'm getting nowhere. This is bullshit. Those ups and downs are normal, and they happen to everyone. Most of the problem you'll have with those ups and downs is having a problem with those ups and downs, not accepting them. Understand no matter what system you're using, no matter what support you've got, no matter how much money you're making or whatever, your self-development journey is still going to go up and down like a roller coaster. What we're looking for is that up and down has an average median line that is like this. It's going up. So the up and down is continuing, but the average is increasing in terms of quality life, confidence, connection with other people, and so on. So understand those fluctuations are not only going to happen, but they may in fact be necessary. It's going to be really hard for you to appreciate your ups if you've got no downs as a reference point. And if you can't appreciate your ups, you'll get bored. Those downs are also the time where you heal. Self-development is going to hurt you. It's going to be like when you go to the gym and you and you hit the failure point, the next day your muscles are sore. Self-development will do the same thing to you emotionally and psychologically. You know, you're going to have mental pain. You're going to have emotional pain and physical pain. You're going to have financial pain. You're going to have all sorts of pain as you try to grow. If, if, if you've been through puberty... You understand, for most of us, there's those growth pains. Like, I used to get in my ankles and knees. Like, my my height changed significantly in, like, a year. I went from, like, child height to adult height in one year. And my knees and my ankles were just giving me jip all the time. Just felt like I'd twisted them, you know. There was that pain as my height changed. That's going to happen with the self-development thing as well. You, you hit a peak, and that peak's going to bring out new problems that you've never had before, and those problems are going to hurt. And you go down again. Then you'll heal from those and you go back up. And next time you'll be further than you went last time. That kind of comfort zone push, as, as it's often called. So if you can just accept that this journey is going to be painful and there'll be times where you feel like you've gone back to the start, which won't be the case. It'll just feel like that probably because you're not measuring properly. Then you'll find it easy to get through those ups and downs. You won't be so thrilled by the peaks that you become clinging to those attachment, uh, attached to those outcomes. And you won't be so destroyed by the lows that you get into a depression, you know? You can just 
breathe in and out as you go up. So that's the top problem, not being able to cope with the ups and downs, not accepting them, not expecting them. Number two is guru worship. And this is one I always have to hold myself to account for because it would be very easy for me to slip into believing that I'm some form of guru simply because I throw my ideas on the internet. There are a lot of people who do fall for that trap. There are a lot of people who think that they have discovered the only way to live and it is your duty to listen to them because they are the messenger of God. There's quite a few of them out there and what's really ironic is a lot of them are quite successful externally because they tell you what you want to hear. And when people say what you want to hear, you have a tendency to pay them your money. And they keep saying what you want to hear and you keep paying them money and it looks like they're doing really well. So maybe what they're saying must work. I used to, when I first got into coaching, I noticed there was this phenomenon of coaches who only coach other coaches. It was like this Ponzi scheme. They would coach people and say, I'm going to show you how to create a thriving coaching business. And all of their clients will want to be coaches who, by the way, are the easiest people to milk for money, right? Because they're so keen on self-development, so keen on investing. And you get, they, they had this kind of system where they just go, you know what? You're going to need your clients to invest, so you've got to invest to be able to show them that. And so they just milk money out of these poor coaches. And the people running it had never actually coached a, what I call a real client in their life, you know, or very few. This is all part of the self-help industry is worth tens of billions of dollars, dozens of billions of dollars. I don't know how you're supposed to say that. There's a lot of money in self-help. And there are a lot of charlatans and snakes out there trying to get that money. There are also people who are doing great work, but they still have the guru complex. They think my way is the only way. I'm a black belt. I can kick anyone's ass. Therefore, how I fight is the one way to fight. There are a lot of people out there who think that because what works for them, because it works for them, their system, it must work for others. They cannot accept that somebody else might find a better or different way. I don't ever want to become that person, though there's always a risk of it because of my ego. I don't want you to fall for it. I believe that your whatever your, is best for you will come as a synergy from a range of different resources. I myself am a synergy. I've had four or five different coaches in my life. I've read fucking millions of books by all these different writers. I've watched all these different videos. I've collected bits and pieces from all of them, discarded all the others. I've had training, some training I listened to, some I didn't. You know, constantly trying to absorb what actually works through testing it and discarding what isn't right for me. And I really encourage you to do the same. Have six different gurus at different times but never just one. Don't fall for that. The third problem I see is analysis paralysis, the problem of thinking too much. And this comes from not taking action. You're going to wish, you're going to hope that you can just read a book and your life will get better. You know, that, that message, that'll be sold to you. It will. It just doesn't work that way. I'm one of the I'm somebody who's got a big problem with uh, concepts like law of attraction, believing you can just sit there thinking about something and life will manifest. It's horseshit. It doesn't work that way. You're going to have to go and do stuff. And you're not just going to have to do stuff. You're going to have to do uncomfortable, painful stuff. You're going to have to do stuff that feels bad. 
Now, I don't mean feels bad as in you're guilty for harming someone, but what I mean is you're going to have to do stuff that just isn't comfortable, stuff that makes you afraid and you have to choose to do it, stuff that makes you confused. You're going to have to do all of that. You're going to have to sweat. You're going to have to get the heart rate going. You're going to have to face things that you think are impossible and do them anyway just to see what happens. All of that's going to happen in your journey. And so sitting around absorbing information is not going to undo that. In fact, it's going to make it worse. Analysis paralysis comes from sitting there passively taking in information and then being deluded into thinking you've changed. Without action, you haven't changed shit. Bear that in mind. So no matter how many seminars you go to, no matter how many books you read, no matter how many videos like this you watch, none of them will do shit to you unless you go and try something new. So what I recommend, whenever you passively take on board information, when you watch a video or read a book or whatever, write down three to five actions you're going to take and you're not allowed to passively receive any more information until you take those actions and learn from them. Actions that are different to what you usually do, actions that get the blood rate going a little bit, actions that make your palms sweat a little bit, actions that have an element of risk in your mind attached to them before you can allow yourself to passively take on board any further information. Yeah. So that was number three, analysis paralysis, getting stuck in the information trap. My next book, Nothing to Lose, talks a lot about how to get out of that. Number four, polishing the turd, as I call it. So this is where people mistake self-development as doing more of what I'm already doing rather than changing. So evolution isn't simply becoming more effective and more productive in doing the same thing. It often means changing the way you do something or even just doing something completely different. An example of this, somebody might be in, say, a corporate business as an employee and consider self-development to be moving up the corporate ladder. Now, at certain points of time, that would be true. But at any given point of time, quitting that job might be the best thing for you. Starting your own business might be the best thing for you in terms of your development. You have to be willing to let go of development simply means more, right? Some guys might be out there sort of in their social life and they'll think that I'm getting better socially if I'm making more friends or sleeping with more women. Sometimes variety doesn't mean that you're making progress. Sometimes variety means that you're avoiding depth, that you're not facing your fears around going deeper and more meaningful with something, you know. So when it comes to development, understand that there's an element of change. You're going to have to do things that are different, not just more of the same. And last, and and probably one of the worst reasons um, for self-development is doing it for other people. There's a difference between allowing someone's feedback to inspire you for change, somebody telling you how they see you and you go, God, is that what I'm like? Holy shit, I don't want to be like that. Versus like, oh no, that person doesn't like me, I need to change. So many people believe they're developing themselves for themselves when actually they're doing it for others. Other people believe doing it for others is a noble thing to do. Neither of those are correct, in my opinion. You've got to be doing it for yourself because this implies the acceptance that you are always doing everything for yourself anyway. You are. Every altruistic act that you think you're doing, it's for your own internal rewards. Everything a human does is to serve themselves 
And that's because that's what's best for the species. So stop pretending you're doing it for others and stop trying to do it for others and really do it for you. What would it mean for you to have more satisfaction, higher quality of life, more self-worth? Now, sometimes that might mean deliberately helping somebody else. Of course, we're not saying that you're just going to be selfishly bowling over everybody on your path to the top. But what I mean is your reasons why when you look at something, you go, I want to change that. Know the answer to the question, why? Really know why you're choosing to change something. Are you going to the gym? Why? Because I want a six pack. Why? Because I want girls to like me. There you go. That's doing it for someone else. Start again. Why are you going to go to the gym? Because I want to work on my health. Why? Because I want to have longevity of life. There we go. Now you're doing it for yourself. You can go do the same behavior. The behavior is not the issue. The reason why, if you're doing it for others, there's only depression and doom at the end of that path because you just can't please other people. You can't. Good luck with it anyway. I haven't found anyone who can do it yet. So we've had a look at the top five problems that people have in self-development. We've had a look at what self-development actually is. I want to have a look now at what change actually is because a lot of people are looking to change without actually understanding what the concept of change is, especially in terms of psychological model. Because I want to talk a little bit now about the cycle of change. The cycle of change is an ever-moving process, an evolution, a wheel that people go through in, in attempts to change. And I want to talk quickly about that wheel and how things are going to be different for you at each stage. Now, first stage is the pre-contemplative, which is just a fancy word for saying you haven't thought about change yet. Now, this will be the biggest barrier you have to actually developing yourself because you won't know that development is required. You will know, however, that life isn't as good as it could be. At least you'll have that feeling. So pre-contemplative is like you might say being a job. You've been in that job for 10 years. It's never occurred to you to look for another job. But every Monday you wake up with anxiety. That's pre-contemplative with that warning sign that maybe I'm not doing what's best for me. Pre-contemplative, you might be in a long-term relationship. It's often long-term things that's pre-contemplative. It's, it's nice, it's easy, and it's boring. You're not thrilled to see your partner. You don't lust for them. You're not looking forward to seeing them when you get home. You're looking for excuses to hang out by yourself or hang out with your mates. This is you in that you're not aware that change is required, but the signs of dissatisfaction are clear. So that's the first stage, the pre-contemplative. One of the things to deal with is to constantly revisit every area of your life and ask yourself, is that as much as I ever want out of this area of life? Is this area of life bringing me great quality of life and satisfaction? By my values, is this area of life up to scratch? It takes balls or ovaries. To look at this, a lot of people don't want to ask this question because they're scared of the answer. Not many people want to look at a job they've invested 10 years at and go, do I still want to work here? Not many people want to look at a relationship to someone they're married to and go, do I still want to be with this person? They're scared the answer will be no. But for somebody who really is interested in self-development, really interested in change, you've got to ask that question. And you've got to ask it all the time. Every week, look at all the areas of your life. The way things are going in that area, is that how I want things to go? Am I living the dream? Really? And by that, I don't mean the external rewards that you're occasionally picking up. I mean, internally, do you feel satisfied? You know, 
Do you believe that this is a quality uh, situation or relationship? Just asking that question and learning to build up the courage to ask that question before you trap yourself in long-term mediocre investments. So we've got pre-contemplative, and then after that we've got contemplative. As it sounds, contemplative is where you start going, shit, maybe this does need to change. So you start questioning that area of life. You've looked at it again, you thought, you know what? I'm not happy with that area of my life. You know, I look at it, it's, it's unsatisfying. I feel envy in that area of my life. I look at others, I think they're doing better than me, you know. And it's just there's something about this area of life, it's just not hitting the mark. Right, so that's contemplative. After that contemplative comes a decision. So you go to the point like, okay, I'm committed to change here. I'm going to do something different. This is not as good as it could be by any means. It's not satisfactory. It's time to move. After the decision comes action. What are you going to do differently? Now, this is clear. This is a point I clearly want to make because a lot of people at the decision stage, the decision feels so good that they don't actually take action. They believe it's as good as change. So they go, yeah, you know what? I'm going to do something about my health. God, yes, I am so, look how motivated I am. I'm awesome. And then they just go on living their life like they always have because it actually feels like they made a change just in that decision. So I want to point out there that until you've taken action, nothing's changed yet. So you go to take action. You take some action. You see that it's creating some changes. You keep taking action. You keep making changes. Like you, maybe you start a new gym, maybe you quit your job and start a business. Maybe you sit your wife down and say, we need to connect more, let's try some exercises, whatever. You know, you're, you're making changes. And then you find that the changes, you know, they're like a, it's like a trial and error. And this is where you get a lot of that up and down. So the trial and error, you'll be, sometimes the change is working out the way you wanted it to. Sometimes it's not. This is going to go up and down. Think of it like a trial and error experiment. Yeah, will this work? What about this? Let's see what happens when I do that. That curious approach, the nothing to lose approach, if you want to grab my book. Um, so you're going through the action, then there's a maintenance. So the maintenance is like, this is good enough for now. You know, I like the way things are. That's, you know, I'm going to keep that area the way it is and focus on another area now. So that's that maintenance phase. Now, if you're really healthy and perfect, those are the only stages you'll go through. Constant maintenance. Once the maintenance has gone long enough, you're pre-contemplative again. Like if it starts getting unsatisfactory, you go, okay, what needs to change? And you go back through the cycle and keep developing. But what's really going to happen in real life is you're going to have what are called lapses and relapses. Now, lapse is when you don't necessarily go off the rails, but your mind is starting to. So you've been going to the gym for a while, and now it's starting to feel like a drag to go to the gym. You're just like, oh, i got to can't be bothered today. Now, you're still going, but your mind's done turn on you. The motivation's gone. This is another key element to a, a myth or a misunderstanding about self-development, the idea that you need to feel motivated all the time. You don't. Taking action does not require any feeling of motivation. That's a complete myth. You can just do it anyway. But a lapse is where your brain starts kind of turning on you. Maybe you're not seeing the rewards you're hoping to see. Your expectations aren't met. You're just struggling with the constant discomfort of the change. Something's happening, and your mind's starting to seek a way out. It's looking for instant gratification. It's looking for escape. I call this escape fantasies. Your brain starts playing fantasies of being somewhere else, doing something else. 
Now, a lapse can be dealt with. A lapse is simply going, ah, I'm going off track here. Why? What's affecting me? What is it about this? Because it could be that the change you made isn't actually leading you towards more satisfaction and more confidence. Maybe the change you made is just trying to get an external reward, like more sex or more money or a nicer car. If you set a goal like that, you're going to have a lot of lapses because you'll find that even if you achieve it, it's not as rewarding as you thought it was going to be. Whereas if you're seeking to be more honest, more courageous, more assertive, more playful, these kind of value-based things, then they'll often bring rewards. So a lapse is, you're starting to think now, a lapse can easily be addressed if you simply come back to, okay, let's get pre-contemplative again. Let's just check in with what I'm doing and see if it's the right thing for me to do, be doing. A relapse is where you drop off the off the wagon. So a relapse is when you just kind of give up and you go back to a more harmful way of living. This model of change actually comes from drug rehabilitation. So a relapse is when you use drugs again. A lapse is when you're thinking about it. Um, but this can be applied to any situation. You know, you might have made a commitment to your partner and a relapse would be cheating. You might have made um, a commitment to health and a relapse would be picking out a chocolate cake and skipping the gym for a week. Um a relapse in business might be you don't approach any new clients for a week. Relapses are totally normal, and they're one of the, f- the things that most self-development industry people do not talk about and do not acknowledge. You are going to fucking fail. It's going to happen. It's going to. And it's not the end of the world. In fact, it's going to be one of your most beneficial experiences. Those big relapses, you're going to learn more from them than all of your successes combined. Because those big relapses are going to tell you what you missed. You'll be thinking like, let's say you've started a business to chase money, right? And so you're chasing money, you're chasing money, you're making lots of money, making lots of money. And then you just go and just blow it all, gambling. And you look at yourself like, why did I do that? The learning that will come from asking that question, when you dig into that relapse and go, how did I fuck it all up? Why did I do that? It, It will be so rewarding and so helpful for you to discover that that relapse is going to tell you where your the the kind of gaps in your processing are because if we take the example of say blowing all your money gambling when you're running a business probably tells you that you seeking money wasn't the true path for you you weren't really keen to keep it and then maybe if you started with a business started a business with a new intention of say trying to improve somebody's life situation you're going to be less likely to derail it like that so the relapse process totally necessary and this whole cycle you're going to have ups and downs is you can relapse at any point during the journey you can make a decision relapse back to pre-contemplative be taking action relapse back to pre-contemplative you can keep doing this you can keep dropping off and it will happen if you accept that this will happen And I call it the just one day approach. If I have a relapse, I go, okay, well, tomorrow I'm getting back on it, but I'm not going to punish myself for that relapse because that's just going to make me not want to do anything because I'll be scared of relapsing again. But if I go, okay, relapse is normal. It's necessary. It tells me what I've missed. It doesn't mean I'm a failure. It means that my current attempts are missing something key, right? Because if my current attempt was the best way to do it, I wouldn't have relapsed. So my relapses always tell me that I've missed something, that I need to work on something. My relapses are my greatest source of information. So that's change. Change is 
full of fear. It's full of going into the uncertain and unfamiliar. It's going to feel yuck sometimes. It's going to feel like you are deliberately making your life worse in the short term in order for the long term rewards. That is normal. And it's going to have relapses. It's going to have falling off the wagon. That's also normal. Everyone does it, even those gurus you worship. Those ones you're watching, like, my God, they never have a bad day. Yeah, they do. They just don't post about it on Facebook. All right? They just don't put the video up showing their shitty day. The poor guy goes on and on about having the perfect relationship. It doesn't show you, he doesn't show you that bit where he got jealous at the party. But that did happen. The Dalai Lama doesn't put up a post about, hey, I stubbed my toe on the coffee table today and fucking cursed out the whole house. He, he's not going to put that down there, but it does happen, this kind of stuff. These people are human just like you, and change has ups and downs. If you can accept that, those ups and downs will be less frequent and less harmful. In terms of the how-to, so we've talked a lot about what is self-development, what to expect, kind of problems you're likely to face. In terms of how to, my number one piece of advice is just trying to find your own way of living that works for you. Always having that be the goal. Let, let things resonate with you from others. Pick and try and use them and that kind of stuff. But ultimately, it's not going to be just following one path, one book, one guru. It's going to be a synergy of all these different bits and pieces that align uniquely with your makeup, your genetics, your predispositions, the wiring of your brain. It's suited to a range of different things, not just one way. Certainly not just mine. You know, this is one of the things I kind of, my ego prides myself on. I'm one of the few self-development people to say, hey, try other people too, right? I'm not the best, right? A lot of people do think they are though. Don't let that interfere with you finding the best path for you which brings us to trial and error i've found personally the most successful way for me and my clients to make progress is to experiment try stuff see what happens somebody says this five-step formula all right i'll try the five-step formula somebody says i'll oh, just be a piece of okay i'll give that a go i'll give it all a nudge and just see what happens trial and error because what i've found over time is that the more you engage in trial and error experimentation, the more you'll start to love the experiment itself. The results will become less meaningful and the attempts will become more rewarding. And then your life can become just one continuous series of experiments. What happens when I do this? What happens when I try that? You can just keep doing this. And this can be ultimately satisfying in itself because if nothing else, you build up a massive store of wisdom. I've coached so many people now. I've tried so many different styles and techniques and methodologies for coaching. I've developed my own thing, and I keep experimenting with new ideas. And now just the very process of coaching in itself is all the reward I need. All I'm looking forward to is how the next session is going to go and what new things I'll learn from it. There's some key elements when it comes to effective self-development I, I, I like to divide into two things I'd like to aim for, responsibility and acceptance. Those are the two things that I try to work on at the same time, and they focus my energy. Responsibility is the masculine. It's the driving forward. It's the risk-taking, assertiveness, courage, honesty. It's the 
going out there trying something new to see what will happen and it's the ownership of your path going my life is up to me to create everything bad that's ever happened to me is for me to deal with i can't blame anyone else for my problems no matter what other people have done to me my reaction is all that matters and that's all me somebody could abuse me my entire life it's still my responsibility to deal with it blaming them does nothing helpful for me it just makes me a victim so responsibility is that driving forward like i'm going to do something about it now acceptance is the feminine that comes in the nurturing the healing the understanding the observing the respect acceptance comes in and cleans up the mess you just made by taking responsibility acceptance comes in and heals the wounds that you've caused yourself by the the growth change if i go to the gym and i work out hard out that's my responsibility like fuck you i'm going to push these weights i don't even need a spot you know and you can, the next day you're you're aching now if you're going to go to the gym again like i'm going to do it again you're not living by the value of acceptance now you're not balancing the yin and the yang so if i go to the gym the next day i need to rest that muscle group i need to eat the right foods to to heal the damage that i've done and that's the acceptance I need to come to terms with whatever my progress is to date. Rather than dreaming of the six-pack, I need to look yesterday I tried this hard and that's what happened. That's acceptance, that coming to terms before I make my next move. Honesty and compassion is another way to look at it. You drive forward and then you take care of yourself based on what happened after you drove forward. You keep balancing it back and forth like this. And I found that this is a really effective kind of intention. Today I'm going to take responsibility by doing this and I'm going to practice acceptance by doing that. I'm going to drive forward, I'm going to ask that person out, I'm going to apply for a promotion, I'm going to go and try that new sport and then this afternoon I'm going to journal, I'm going to meditate and I'm going to relax. The constant balance between responsibility and acceptance, driving forward and healing, not just one or the other. Yeah. Another thing that I'd point out I find that people who chase outcomes as a form of self-development often end up in this constant unsatisfied spiral. Cuz no matter how much you get there's always more you could get and your brain knows it. So there'll never be enough. No matter how many people you sleep with there's always more sex to be had. No matter how much money you make there's always more money in the world that you could grab some of. No matter how muscular you get there's always a more muscular person. seeking those kind of external outcomes i've never seen that really pay out for someone in terms of genuine self-confidence but integrity seeking integrity going how can i be more me what does that look like how do i be more honest how is the expression of who i am become more accurate today now that's something that has an endless well of rewards Every time you achieve more of it you get more rewarded whereas every time you get more money you feel less rewarded. It's this kind of idea where if you're seeking outcomes essentially you're probably looking to just please other people to look good. Whereas if you're seeking integrity you're looking to impress yourself with your behavior. That way you can have much more responsibility and control. You can't control if other people are impressed but you can control if you are. You're going to have this constant battle also between variety and depth. Having a lot of different things, and there's a right time and a place for that, and going hard on one thing. 
there's a right time and place for that. If you've just come out of a big relationship, I'd say go variety. Start dating random people, meeting lots of people, socializing as much as possible, getting a big broad range there so you can figure out what the next thing to go deep in is. Whereas if you've been having too much variety and you've been traveling the world for two years, it might be time to go deep. Choose one place to set up a bit of a semi-permanent life for yourself and get to know everything and everyone there. You know, really go deep on the place. You can try a range of jobs. Like in my 20s, I had about, I don't know, 15 different jobs. And then as I got towards 30, I settled on like one career path that I'm going to go deep on, at least for a while. There's always going to be this choice between variety and depth, and I believe it's harmful to stay in one of those for too long. If you're all variety, you get no depth. So you get a big, massive range, and you feel free, so to speak, but you don't get to get to the rich core of something. You know, If I'm traveling from one place to another, I don't get to see what it's like to really get to know a single place. You know, But if I'm all deep on something, I might miss out on a range of variety. Like there's a lot of people I know who married their first love, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but they'll never know variety. And I see the the building, you know, the uh, the kind of seed of a midlife crisis being planted there. If someone's like, if someone marries the first person they ever fell in love with, I hope for them that that works out. But part of me thinks you're going to get to a point in your 40s where you think I haven't slept with enough people. Is this really the best one? And you're going to panic. Whereas if you spent your 20s kind of fucking around, then by the time you marry someone, there's going to be none of that missing out FOMO type thing. So looking at variety versus depth and ask yourself, is this a time for variety? Do I need to experience a range to know what I'm missing out on? Or is this a time like, okay, I know a pretty good idea of what the range is. It's time to choose one thing and go hard on it. And then change that again later on. And the last thing I talk about in terms of just Practical intentions for self-development is seek failure, not success. Actually aim to fail. Now, I don't mean aim to fail as in don't try, even though trying can be a bit of a, a trap in itself. What I mean is if I go to the gym and I try to lift as much as I can lift, I'm unlikely to make progress. Whereas if I go to the gym and try to lift more than I can lift, if I actually hit a failure point, then I'll know that that was the best I could possibly have done. So if I'm doing pull-ups and I'm on my whatever, like my fourth one or whatever and struggling and I just can't get my chin over the bar and I hold that as long as I can and I fall off, that night I get to go home and go, I can definitely do four and a half. That's it. Whereas if I do three completely and then stop, I'll always wonder, if, could I have done four? And I won't, have, I won't get the growth pain that comes from trying to get to the failure point. So if I spend my whole time doing safe, easy things, which are things I can do, and I don't put myself in a position of failure, to fail, my growth rate will be very slow or plateau. So if I'm going out socializing and I just socialize with people I'm already comfortable with, but I don't actively look, okay, I need at least one failure tonight. I'm going to go and talk to people until somebody tells me to fuck off. Then I'll know I socialized as much as I could. So seek that failure and start rewarding yourself we're going to go into measurement in a minute. Rewarding yourself for those failures rather than for the successes. Remember, if you succeeded, you did as much as you can already do. You didn't push it. So the last couple of points, we're kind of like, this is going longer than I thought it would. But the uh, last couple of points I want to talk about is support. And 
actually, we talked a lot about support, about choosing who to um, to listen to in terms of not just choosing one person. But I'd like to also talk about the idea of surrounding yourself with people who are into this stuff. Now, this is one of the old kind of self-help cliches that I actually do really agree with. Um, there's one that says something like, you are a combination of the five people you spend the most time with. What I would say is you are going to be influenced by everyone in your life. You have no choice about that. Your brain cannot help but shift its neural pathways every time you interact with someone. That is beyond your conscious control. Someone just walks past you. That changes your life some way forever. If you just notice somebody, you're affected by them. So the more you spend with, with someone, it makes logical sense, the more they will affect you. That might not be quite true, but if you're trying to develop and you're surrounded by people who aren't on board with that, you're going to find it really, really hard. Whereas if you surround yourself with people who are on board with it, you're going to find it a lot more easy and you're going to find it easier to get through the downs because you'll be surrounded by people who understand those downs. Before I lived where I live now, I lived in a house full of people who were not interested in self-development whatsoever. They just wanted that hedonistic, kind of blissful lifestyle of just drugs, partying, whatever, always just doing exactly what you want all the time, never taking the hard road. Living there was really, really difficult for me. I, I saw it as a test, especially with the kind of work that I do. But ultimately, as soon as I moved into a house where everyone was keen on self-development, my progress just went through the roof. It was massively different. So if you've got people who don't support you on this path, make one of your goals to arrange a support network of people who will. You know, look for, like, this is one of the reasons I started the Brojo. It's a community where people come together because they're interested in self-development. There's plenty of online resources. You've got no excuse not to bring in some more influences into your life who are on board with these changes. You might right now in your life have no one who is. That'll be one of the first things you need to change. The last thing I want to talk about is measurement. When it comes to measurements, most people just don't do it. And because of this, they don't see any change. And because they don't see any change, they relapse. One of the key things is around journaling. Journaling is about sitting back and looking at your life as if you're looking at someone else's and giving them feedback. It's about looking at what happened, just observing and starting to notice patterns, trends, things that help you, things that hurt you, self-sabotage, all the things you don't want to acknowledge. They're all waiting for you with some form of journaling. Now, this doesn't mean you have to write, Dear Diary, today I blah, blah, blah. You're going to find your own way of doing this. You can do it with pictures. You can do it with video, words. Uh, you can record your voice. You can talk to people. You can go for a walk and just think. There's all sorts of ways to reflect but what I'd say is that as part of that acceptance path is always having some form of reflection in every day. This bit where you sit back and go, look at what I've done. What do I think of it? Now, to make this even more effective, you need units of measurement. So many people will give up on going to the gym because they think they haven't changed. But that's because they didn't take a before photo. That's because they didn't use, measure, use measuring tape to figure out all their measurements before and after. They're not seeing any progress. Every time they look in the mirror, their brain updates their self-image so they never see a change. You need units of measurement to know for sure if you're changing. But these units of measurement should not be based on other people. They should be based on yourself. So you can actually make up your units of measurement. Today, I was a 3 out of 10 honest. So tomorrow, for me to be a 4 out of 10 honest, I would need to say this. 
and you give yourself this thing that you can actually see progress. What's great about journaling is the long-term effect. My journal goes back three or four years now. So I can actually look back three or four years whenever I'm feeling, whenever I'm in a valley, I'm thinking, God, I suck. I've never, I haven't made any changes at all. Life's terrible. I can read three or four years ago and look at the problems I had back then and go, oh my God, those problems are so solved for me now. You know, the problems I've got now are so much better than those problems. And that's ultimately what self-development is, is just getting better problems. It's uh, out of Mark Manson's book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Feedback. Everyone's going to give you feedback. Not everyone should be listened to. In fact, we talked before about surrounding yourself with people who are interested in self-development. I'd go a step further and only seek feedback from people who are doing better than you. And I don't mean that they're a better person than you, but I would only seek feedback from someone who's trying to develop in the same way as me and they're making more progress than I am. Anybody else can just fuck off, pretty much. There are a few people who I will deliberately ask feedback from. Everybody else who gives me feedback, I basically ignore them, or at least try to. And if I can't, I go into my journal and I say, this bit of feedback happened today, but I did not actively seek it, which means this person was just selfishly throwing their ideas at me because they're insecure. Therefore, I'm going to discard it. I'm going to discard that by going to this other person whom I trust and ask them what they think I should be doing differently. Feedback's really important. You know, a lot of people talk about not giving a fuck what others think. I do care what other people think, but their opinions of me in terms of feedback, that is restricted. So I'm keen to hear what anyone thinks of me. But in terms of actual feedback on changing my behavior, there's only a small select few people in my life who I go to for that. Everybody else, they're just verbalizing their insecurities to me. And I'm interested in that because I'm interested in people. But it's of no relevance to my self-measurement. And the last point I want to make, and this will happen with the measurement, is restart regularly. Your reason why might have a good value base when you first start. Like, I'm going to go and meet as many people as I can to work on my social courage. Three months down the line, that might no longer require courage. It's time to restart. Okay, what would a new version of social courage be? And this is where you might switch from variety to depth or depth to variety. So if social courage was kind of going out and meeting as many people as possible, if you get to the point where that's no longer scary, then depth might scare you. Actually, sticking with one person and getting really intimate, that scares me. So now we shift, we restart. My new version of socializing is choosing these three people, just going as deep as I can with them. In another three months, revisit again until you develop this pattern of constantly restarting in a helpful way. Whew. So that is my complete beginner's guide to self-development. I'm really happy to start anyone, to help anyone who's starting on this path. Um, so you can contact me, dan at brojo.co.nz. Any questions, anything. I'll flick your resources. I'll give you feedback. I'm here to help. And, of course, if you really want to bring in that kind of mindset that you need for this pathway, grab a copy of my book, Nothing to Lose. Nothing to Lose, one word, .brojo.org. Um, you can check it out there. Or find someone else to work with, really. Find somebody that works for you and take the path from there. I hope this was helpful, and I'll see you for the next time. Thank you.